This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Larry, I am not happy, my friend. I know you aren't. I know you aren't. Let me throw a phrase at you, Gordon. Yeah. Intentional walk. (laughs) Well, look, after this game is over, if it ends with the Yankees losing, there will be a lot of culprits. There will be a lot of different areas you can look at. For yes. who deserves blame. Some will say it's Garrett Cole. You have mm-hmm. to pitch better than three runs in five-plus innings. Some will, will blame the bullpen. Some will blame the address. I think there's one person responsible for this, Larry, and it is the yes cameraman who th- made me think that that Giancarlo Stanton home yeah, that run, that was going to be a home. That was not going to be close to a home run, Larry. That was going to be 20 rows deep. I yeah. want that man's name. I want his phone number. I want his address immediately. He dashed my hopes with the way that he shot that shot. And, and he was not alone. No. He Holy was, crap. He was not. I'm not the only one that thought that ball was 20 rows deep. And listen, it caused Michael K to pause his, his uh, home run call. Mm. And Michael has a laminated list. So that guy yes. could be in trouble. Oh, that guy's <laughs> got to be. He has got to be at the top of that laminated. And look. People, I'm sure whenever the John Sterling call gets out there, I'm yeah. sure people will be hammering him. Mm-hmm. That one to me is not one that I can – because I was halfway off the couch thinking that that was absolutely a home run. And I thought it was done. Look, at, look at the way Stanton reacted to it. He thought yeah. it was a home run. No question. Yeah. He did. The way he hit it, he just knew it was gone. Oh, you thought it was gone. I mean, gone. that was just a typical Giancarlo Stanton it moon ball. It was. It oh, was. I don't know. Crushing. Somebody opened the door somewhere. <laughs> Crushing. It blew it in. Oh, and, my And it gosh. just died at the warning track, at the wall. It just died. Gordon, I'm probably going to be more upset at this than you are. Mm. But for me, I just think, and I'm going to sound like the old guy, get off my lawn. I know okay. I am, and, sure. and, I'll, and, and I'll, I'll deal with it when it comes. All right? Gordon, I understand the shifts. In baseball, I get it. I understand putting four infielders on one side. I get it. I do. I understand. Gordon, when you've got four people in the outfield, that's a bit much. <laughs> that's a, that's a bit much. I mean, why are you going to have – why do you need four people in the outfield? Listen, why don't we just bring everybody and put them on the field so nobody can get a hit anywhere? Why don't we just do that? I well, mean, I, I understand. And if I'm the Players Association, I'm hot because what I'm doing is I'm taking money out of my players' hands. And here they are, they're making changes to the rules midseason last year, right? Making a change in the, the, the sticky stuff and, and changing, you know, a lot of guys had been used to it and everybody's getting checked, everybody's getting searched. Meanwhile, here's something that is so simple to solve. The, the shortstop and the second baseman have to be in the infield. Right, like the pitcher can't go wherever he wants to throw no. the ball, can he? No. The catcher has to be lined up in a certain spot, and if he interferes with the ball like he did tonight, uh, Higashioka, it's, it, the guy gets to go to first base. Other positions have to be in their positions. You can't just go wherever you want. Now, I know a lot of people will say, well, you know what? Rizzo and, and Gallo have got to you know, bump the ball up the third baseline, and maybe it would stop. But from a baseball point of view, from a Major League Baseball point of view, is that what you want for your sport, to have guys who are like just n- – Bunting the ball up the third base line on a regular basis so that he get the shifts to stop. I'm with you. I thought that that was one that they had floated out there when they talk about these rule changes that never never came to anything. And then the rules that they, they had in last year with the ghost runner and all this silliness, those still stay. So I, I'm with you on that one. I'm I mean, with you on four, that one. Four people in the outfield. I, come on, Gordon. The second baseman, yeah. Throw yes. the second baseman out there. You got a couple, the, the rest of the infielders on – on uh, the first base side. and yeah, I got um, a better idea. It's effective. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. All right? We want four outfielders. Here's what we do. Put the DH out there. <laughs> Whoever's the DH, put him, make him the fourth outfielder. No, nobody else can play in the infield. Leave the infield people, and let's put the fourth out. That's how ridiculous that is. Four outfielders. So, so where am I? Where am I? So the only place I can hit the ball is over the fence. And I get it. It's not their fault because that's in the rules. But I'm saying, when does it, when does it make sense to people? that you're changing the game. Where's, yeah. Where are you going to hit the ball? You can't hit it in the alley because everybody's there. Where does the batter hit the ball? 
Well, he's got to go the other way, but that's very difficult. He can't when you go have the a, other way because there's four outfielders. Somebody's right. going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got you got to place it, so you know you got everybody's uh, got to be Tony Gwynn. I'm sure people will bring that. up. You know, I always love that when people are like, "Well, they yeah. got to go the other way." Tony Gwynn would have been yes. Tony Gwynn is one of the great hitters of all time. Not Absolutely. everybody's not everybody's Tony Gwynn. No, this and, is not. And I'm pool. telling you, if if Tony Gwynn had to deal with guys coming in out of the bullpen. 96, 97. I mean, Chad Green was consistently 94, 95 tonight. I think he was probably the softest throwing guy that we saw. That's right. So it, it's a different game right now. And, yeah, I, I, I don't think that that's the best for the game. It's good for strategy. I understand why it's effective. Clearly, that's why teams do it. But I don't know that it necessarily makes for the best product. I think it needs to change personally. I mean, well, look, I'm, I'm all for having that conversation, mostly so we can avoid the steady stream of doom and gloom surrounding the Yankees because they lost the game tonight and got done in by a one-man wrecking crew in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. The fact that Vlad Guerrero Jr. is now, what, 23 years old, I believe he yeah. is? Uh, and they were having conversations on the broadcast of wondering whether or not he is already better then his father, who is in the Hall of Fame, shows yeah. you just how great Vlad Guerrero Jr. is. And, boy, he destroyed the Yankees tonight single-handedly. Hey, hello, Michael Jordan in him tonight, Gordon. I mean, he was a one-man wrecking crew. Oh, my gosh. And just, and just made a very nice play to end the end in the game. Yeah. And, and that third home run, oh. uh, nobody hits balls there. No, no. That <laughs> second deck there, I mean, you, if you have seats there, you're never getting on camera. But tonight no. they did. I mean, it's almost like he has, um, you know, like uh, Canseco when he first burst on the scene and, mm -hmm. and he would hit balls in areas that nobody else would. The first two home runs were impressive. The one to dead center that was just out of the reach. Uh, well, not yeah. just out of the reach, but Aaron Hicks couldn't hold on to it. Um, mm -hmm. That's 400 and something feet away. And, and then the second one was certainly impressive in the third inning. But the one to me that was just unbelievable was that third one because you, yeah. you, you never see people hit the ball there. So this is an interesting debate, Gordon, uh, and it's on Twitter right now. And the former Yankee lefty, Phil Hughes, has weighed in. Uh, lefty, right-handed, I'm sorry. The former, right. the former uh, Yankee, Phil Hughes, weighs in. And, and it's about, you know, the going back and forth about whether you should have walked, uh, you know, Guerrero, especially after the first two, why would you still pitch to him? And then you have somebody blaming uh, Glaber Torres if he, hit the, if he completed the double play. Sure. It wouldn't have been on. So, you mm -hmm. know, so we have all that. But Phil Hughes says, sometimes you just got to tip your cap when one man single-handedly beats you. Vladdy is that man, 98 and off the plate, twice slider, 99 down in the way. Do you just walk him, question mark, question mark, question mark? And so, you know, that – I understand that that's a managerial decision, clearly, because as a pitcher, you want that challenge. Gordon, you want that challenge. You want to be the guy to come in there and, and finally get him out. Yeah, he's had a great night. That's two. But of the two home runs, you still fought back. Okay, so yep. this is a new game. So, okay, you want to – I, and we, I always loved having these conversations with pitchers about, you know, the chess match that is, what, what are we going to do? What is he looking for? Where is he looking for? This is what we did last time. We can't do this. We got to do something else. Or do we do the same thing because he won't be looking for us to do the same thing? So that, that mental chess match between pitcher and batter has always been fascinating to me with baseball and how people approach it. And listen, I think, Gordon, you just got to tip your cap to him. He just had an unbelievable night. He just yeah. did. It's one of those things. I mean, you have – I mean, I could understand if maybe uh, you had somebody on the mound tonight that was, you know, uh, a fifth starter or a spot starter, and, you know, he's already hit one home run against you. But, I mean, you have Garrett Cole on the mound. Yeah, I mean, he's he's your ace. I mean, even for all the criticism he got for last year, he still finished second in the American League Cy Young last year. Last mm -hmm. year. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's all easy to say in hindsight, but are you going to now walk Vlad Guerrero for the, every other at bat that he takes? I mean, yeah. you're going to play him 19 times in the course of the season. You're just going to walk him. You got to get him out sometime. And he's yes, already hit do. two home runs. So you kind of feel like, you know what? We're due to get him out at some point. And uh, that was not the case tonight. He was, I, I think you're right. I think that this is simply you tip your cap. He's a great hitter and you got to kind of go back to the drawing board to figure out how do we get this guy out? Because what we tried tonight didn't <laughs> work. certainly didn't work. No, nope. And what are we going to do tomorrow night? <laughs> that's, that's the next question. What do we do tomorrow night? And really, I don't think I've seen it's my, I'm trying to think. 
I don't think I've seen Luizaga get hit like that. I mean, there were a couple of hard hits off yep. him. One, obviously, the home run that was just, just traveled. <laughs> there was no doubt about that one either. But I, there was a couple of loud hits that he gave up. I know he didn't give up two hits, but they just seemed to – he didn't have his best stuff. Let's put it that way. No. No. Hey, look, I mean, you know, sometimes guys get you. Uh, and, uh, you know, Vlad Guerrero tonight, the, between the two uh, – those are probably the two guys you trust the most mm-hmm. in the entire Yankee pitching staff. Yeah. But he's great. I mean, he, he finished is. second in the American League uh, MVP last year, and he, he led – uh, I think he led the American League in slugging percentage and on base percentage. So uh, he's he's a monster. No, he absolutely, is. he's a monster player. He's one of the top five, six, seven hitters in in the entire sport. So he he beat you. Uh, that's what it's about. Uh, you would like now. Look, there were other ways the Yankees could have won this game, but they were not able to do that. And and he took you down. So I mean, it's the guy. It's not like it's coming out of nowhere. He hit like fifty home runs last year. So that's right. That's right. And he's only getting better. <laughs> it does seem that way. Isn't that scary? Yeah, I mean, he's going to be a menace for a long time. He definitely is. All right, Gordon, we'll, we'll see what the audience has to say. Who do you blame for this Yankee loss? Give me, give me your thoughts on who you blame the most. I know who Gordon is blaming. He's blaming the yes camera person. No, I actually, I, I would, as one I, of, to, as one to of me, people. I have somebody to blame, but we'll get to that coming up. All right, sounds good. 1-800-919-3776, plus on Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM, at Gordon Damer. Also, before we leave you tonight, we'll see who the nominee has to try to come up with something that everybody loves more than The Sopranos, and we'll find out how last night's uh, suggestion came out. That's all that's next on 98.7 ESPN. Tough loss for the Yankees. They lose 6-4 to Toronto Mets. Before we get to the phones, Gordon, to talk about the Yankees, I got to tell you this. Uh, I thought about the caller last night. Yeah. When Alonzo hit the home run. So I was comfortable. I turned away. I'm like, you know what? I think we're good. I think we're good. We come back, and I'm like, how did the Phillies get five runs? They only had one. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Look, what's going on? And so that was a little – it was a little more stressful than I expected it to be. But listen, once again – a win is a win. I'll take them any way I can get them. Yeah, I wish that guy would call back and like call out some Yankees, say that they're underperforming right now, and uh, we can get some immediate results like this. I mean, five ribbies for Alonzo, another win for the Mets. What five and two on the road to start the season? So mm-hmm. can't complain with that. Uh, and um, look, the bullpen gave up a couple of runs today. It's not not what you're looking for, but the offense mm-hmm. is clicking, and uh, you know every day. It's the type of thing where even when you have a strength of the team, the other parts that might not be as big a strength, they got to step up every once in a while. It's not going to be the same script every single day. So for the Mets today, they got more runs than they gave up. It wasn't the best pitching-wise, but the offense certainly carried the weight. All right. Let's hear what folks have to say, and uh, we'll get your thoughts in a minute, Gordon. 1-800-919-3776. Mo in Brooklyn. Mo, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Good evening, guys. Good show. Thanks. Um, I, I blame the Yankees' offense as the culprit for this. I mean, you look at it, they scored four runs tonight. You could blame Torres for not getting the glove, the ball out of his glove. and But these things only come up when you don't score. And they scored four runs tonight. They're a lifeless offensive bunch. And, and the one more thing, I wish everybody on this team played like Anthony Rizzo. Anthony Rizzo comes up in the ninth inning, he bunts to get on base to bring the tying run to the plate. Joey Gallo gets up, and I can't stand Joey Gallo. I can't believe 500 more bats we have to see of this guy. Joey Gallo gets up to start the eighth inning, down by three runs, with everybody on the right side of the infield and five guys in the outfield, and he strikes out with nobody on the left side of the infield, down three runs. Not saying that Torres would have hit the home run, but bunt, bunt down the third baseline. We need base runners. I wish everyone on the team played like Rizzo and had the fundamentals of Rizzo. When you can't score, you got to do these things. I hear you, Mo. Thanks for the phone call. This is not a team that bunts. It's just not. I understand what you're saying. I know that Rizzo did that in the isolated situation, uh, and and the sabermetricians would will, will probably just spit up their coffee <laughs> when he did it because that's not what they want. They want you to put the ball on, put the bat on the ball, and try to hit it out of the ballpark. I'll be honest with you. I am. I think Mo is my alter ego because I do not know, Larry, how I am going to sit through another hundred and what fifty-five games of Joey Gallo. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, uh, I just bad. watch him up there and look. I'm sure he'll have a hot week. 
And everybody will point out, well, look, he's hitting home runs now. You know, he's going to hit 40 home runs this year. What you get offensively from him is very little else than that. And, you know, like right now, I think he's hitting like 180 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Usually when a guy is hitting 180 in the first week of the season, you're like, well, his hot streak, when it eventually comes, is going to mean that, you know, he's going to hit 400 for a week, right? Mm -hmm. And then that'll get him up to what his normal average is. No, 180 is Joey Gallo's normal average. I mean, literally, that's what he, he hits. He hits 180, 190. So you're telling me his hot streak has already happened because he was at over 200. Well, I mean, <laughs> he's going to hit some. He's going to hit some home runs. At least you hope. I mean, if he doesn't hit any home runs, he has absolutely no value whatsoever. So I don't think he's going to slug a hundred like he is right now. But yeah, he's a. I, I, I don't know how as a Yankee fan watching these games night in and night out. I see him and I immediately. I think I'm going to go on the IL from rolling my eyes, even when he just steps in the box, Larry. What's the stat I saw, Gordon? The Yankees have left 46 runners on base. Well, I'm just doing a little math right now in my head. I believe they're now two for their last t 19 with runners in scoring position. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. Because even if, even if, even if uh, uh, you know, Guerrero has the home runs that he did and whatnot, if you, if you get some of these runs in, you win this game, what, 7-6? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the bullpen is the bullpen is a strength. Uh, the the pitching has been okay overall, but the way the Yankees are built is they have to score runs. And, and right now, um, they scored six in the opener. They had four the next day. They had three the next day. They had zero, four, and four. If hmm. the Yankees are going to average four runs a game, they're not going to be a very good team. They're not going to win. They're not no, be, they're not built to win. No, can't do it. John's in Staten Island. You're next on 98.7. Thank you. Thank you, fellas, for taking the phone call. And I'll run through my points real quickly. I think that today's loss, I felt, was the most to blame on Cole. Um, he consistently, consistently pitches inconsistent, meaning that he hasn't been the ace that we signed um, to be over here at the New York Yankees. Um, secondly, how many times has Aaron Hicks come to the plate with runners that score positions and he can't get a sacrifice fly or he's into a double play? It's kind of ridiculous. And then your, your point go about Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo is one of the worst, I think, one of the worst decisions to bring back. Or I don't know if he was on the team because we had traded for him. He had an extra year in the contract. But regardless, I didn't, I didn't think he was, should have been the starting uh, outfielder going into the season. And this team is flawed. This team is so flawed. It's the same thing as last year. We could have had everybody to support the positions. Uh, starting pitching can't go more than five innings. Um, and it's just... It's, it's redundant, and uh, it falls on Cashman. Cashman needs, to, uh, Cashman needs to answer to this. And, again, I don't know how you're going to fix it. And I know it's a long season, but to me, I've seen this. I've been, been there, done that. So, you know, going forward, I, I hope it, it gets better. I hear you, John. Thanks for the phone call. And, listen, this is the same offensive issues, Gordon, that you had last year. You've had so far early this season. I know it's early. I get it, and things could turn around. They're going to have a hot streak. They're going to hit. They're not going to continue to be like this all year. But two things, you, you need your offense to wake up shortly. And here's the problem with Cole, okay? It's not for me as an outsider, all right, as a Met fan, looking at the Yankees and looking at Cole. For me, the issue is he gives up a lot of home runs, Gordon. I know they're solo home runs for the most part, and that's, right. that, that's like okay, it, you know what I'm saying? It, with air quotes, it's okay because he doesn't walk people, so it's not two or three runs. It's solo home runs. And when you pitch, when you're dominant and you pitch around the plate like he does, you're going to get hit. Got it. But he gives up a lot of home runs. Yeah, I mean, uh, that that's generally how teams score against him because he is such a good pitcher. You're not going to, I mean, just make, th go through the thought experiment, right? You're not going to generally score runs against Garrett Cole by stringing three hits together. Uh, so generally when he gives up runs, it's going to be via the home run. So I think you can live with – I know it's not a great outing tonight, but I, I don't look at him as being the issue tonight. Uh, and for the caller there, I, I mean, I know we're, we're very disappointed with the way that he pitched last year in the postseason. He was terrible. But his season overall last year was pretty good. Again, he finished second in the Cy Young. If you get him to finish second in the Cy Young this season, he will not be the issue with the team. So I don't really have a problem with that. It's still very early on in the season. He, had, he was clearly at 85 pitches tonight. He gave up three runs. It wasn't great. You'd like better than that. 
but I'm not really worried about if he can pitch like this more times than not, I, I, I'm okay with that. To me, it's all about the offense. It's almost like they doubled down on we're just going to hit home runs, and that's all we're looking to do. Uh, and they hit some home runs tonight. They right? did. They hit some home runs. They did. And the other team hit some home runs. <laughs> yeah, it just wasn't and, enough offense. No, it's so not. It, the offense has to clear. And I'll say this. I know it's going to be all doom and gloom. The season's over. They're not going to win a World Series in April, whether they win the World Series or not. Generally, under Aaron Boone, just think back. The Yankees are usually pretty sloppy the first 10, 12, 14, 16 games of the season, and then they usually get it worked out. Can we get through 10 games before we start judging the season? Can we do that? No. <laughs> we already judging. I'd ask. I'd late. ask. Yeah. <laughs> well, look. I mean, we can feel certain ways, but it's certain, it feels like with Yankee fans, it's like it's already decided. It's already decided that they will not do anything. This is a bad team. I don't like this team. Can we let it breathe for a little bit? We got 162 games to go through. I hear what you're saying, but as you well know, as a Yankee fan, no, we, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching reason because, to an unreasonable group. Yeah, I get it. And, and beside that, you're not happy because this is not the team you wanted. No. You wanted other not. people to Absolutely. bring this team together. So for, for, for you as Yankee fans, this is the same thing as last year. We're struggling to score runs. Nothing has changed. You didn't do anything to change. And if anything, you brought back, another, you brought back the problem we had last year. One of the problems was <laughs> Joey Gallo. So you brought him back to be the same thing. He's not changed. He, he's not walking. He, he had a couple of hits. We let's let's have a parade down the canyon of heroes. <laughs> yeah, and, and really, there's the potential for the offense to be worse than last year because you now have two spots in the order right. who you you do not expect to be run producers. And and at least so far, it's only six games or seven games, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Uh, check that one off the <laughs> check that one off the yeah. list because the shortstop and the catcher have done absolutely nothing. So they really have um, it. It's tough. They really have it. Uh, Jay Blaze NYC uh, text uh, tweets us Gordon and says, "Uncle L, you know we who we never had to worry about a question early after getting their bag, CC. Just saying. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven six. Yeah, Go but ahead, CC Gordon. had his. I mean, CC had his down times too. I mean, you know, early, especially early. It's ama- It's amazing how quickly we forget. Everybody struggles. Anybody that's in the past now that won." is now canonized, and anybody who's here now is just a scrub. I mean, you know, let's, I don't know. It just seems a little bit much it's, for April 13th. I got it. But once again, and I don't have to tell you, they're angry with Cole <laughs> because Cole has not been Cole. No, no. That's and fair. That's and, and, and mostly, to me, if he had pitched great last year in the postseason. It would be a different story. That would be a different story. Absolutely. It would he be a different terrible. story. Terrible. Because he could have been, he could have had the worst. He could have finished tenth in the Cy Young. Yeah. But if he shuts out the Red Sox in the wild card game, we're good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's we're the way good. it works. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. More of your calls next on ninety eight seven ESPN. Let's go to John in the Bronx. John, you're next on ninety eight seven. What's up, fellas? I hope you're having a good night. Uh, I just had a call in because I'm listening to everyone. You know. Two of you bashing Joey Gallo. It's a few games into the season. The guy plays over 140 games a year, something Yankee outfielders do not do typically. He hits 40 home runs, and the guy gets on base. He walks. Last year, he led the league in walks. That is valuable. And on top of it, he plays great defense. All things that are very valuable and could help this team win a lot of ball games. Well, look, John, I'm not saying he doesn't have value. I just can't imagine watching this guy every week, uh, day in, day out, striking out three times a game. Uh, and that's what it feels like. He feels like any time, you know, he hits some empty home runs. Uh, he'll drive in some runs. He does have power. Um, and, and hitting from the left side at Yankee Stadium, uh, look, he might have a, a very good season at some point. It's just not the type of baseball I want to watch, especially when his slumps are so pronounced. And look, one eight, he's hitting 180 right now. He doesn't hit much higher than that. He's not, he's not a guy that's going to be putting uh, the, the ball into play. That's for sure. That's not his strength. Well, he does hit higher than 180. That's a stretch. Uh, he, he's not... Does he, though? Let's see. Let's, let, I mean, let's look at the numbers. Let's look at the numbers. Hold on. Let me pull him up. Let me pull him up. I don't want to say. I don't want to, I don't want to get it wrong. I mean, I think he has a 205 batting average in his career. Not the batting average is the be-all, end-all, but he's a 206 lifetime hitter. He's got an on-base percentage in his career of 333. That's nothing. That's not great. 
He does walk a lot, but that's not a great um, – you know, he walked a lot last year, um, and he does generally walk more than most guys. But his on-base percentage is not great because his average is going to be so bad. Um, so he has one style of play. I'm not saying he doesn't have some value, but he's a rough watch, man. I don't know what other way to put it. All right, John, thanks for the phone call. And the other thing is I know you tally he had 40 home runs. Didn't have, didn't have 20 for you last year. <laughs> you know, so – once again, if he's hitting home runs and he's doing what he's done in his career, obviously, John, you look at him differently. But when you have a team that's struggling hitting early and Rizzo's been able to hit and Stanton's been able to hit, Judge has been, eh, you've got the Glaber Torres has been, eh, you got a lot of folks. And as you know, because you're, you're, you've got two dead spots at the bottom of your order, there's more pressure on him to produce. You need yeah, him no, to I get mean, he, started he, early. Absolutely. He is one of those guys you're counting on. He's one of the bats that you're counting on. Mm-hmm. I mean, this yeah. is not Aaron Hicks. Hey, if we can get some some home runs out of him every once in a while and he plays a solid center field and he stays healthy, that's good enough. Um, you know, between Glaber and, and, and Gallo, these are guys that you are relying on to have bounce back seasons. And again, Joey Gallo, when he got to New York last year, was not great. Now you give him maybe a little bit of a pass because he gets traded midseason. Yep. It's a different thing. Um, but, you know, he, even his overall numbers, he's had one excellent season in his career. He's, his, if you want the new age stats, OPS plus is the one that I usually go with, or OPS. Uh, he had an OPS plus of 145 in 2019. Other than that, he's about, you know, 109, 118, 122. That's okay. But there's been some 87s in there, some 91s. Uh, he's, he's not a type of player that I'm going to enjoy watching. I know that right now. And, his, you know, you can, we can say about, well, you know, he's off to a slow start. He has a track record. He has a yeah. track record as a player. We know what kind of player Joey Gallo is. And hopefully he'll turn it around and surprise everybody. Hopefully. Simon's yeah, but- in New Haven. Hey, Simon, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how are you? Good, Simon. What you got? I can tell you who to blame for this. Let's let, 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 let's run it down. First of all, Boone, because he, he keeps putting oh, uh, Gallo in the number five spot. Number two, Gallo to me stinks because he's, he's another Brett Gardner with popping up and grounding out and playing ping pong. Number three, Glaber Torres, you moved the guy from shortstop because he makes errors. And what does he do? In sec- I said he's going to make errors. How do you know he's not going to make errors at second base? And he made an error at second base. So oh, I was yeah. proved right. Let's, let's, let's banish him. He made an error. We've got to get rid of him. <laughs> he's we done. Got, we get him out. Get him out. Get All him right, out, Simon, Larry. He's got to go. Thanks for the phone call. He's got to go. He made an error at second base. It's, and, and look, it's a play that's got to obviously be made. Yeah. I think even Aaron Boone would admit that that's a play that's got to be made. Got to make that play. There's I no mean, how are we blaming it. Aaron Boone exactly? <laughs> I mean, well, he I, told you. He told you. Why didn't that, Why didn't Aaron Boone formulate a plan to kidnap Vladimir Guerrero before the game? He could have kidnapped Vladimir Guerrero before the game. He knows people. He does. Oh, boy. Baseball history, family yeah. tradition. Yes. I mean, come on. Going back decades, somebody in that family has to know how to kidnap a guy who's going to hit three home runs the day he hit three home runs. Gene's in Fort Lee. Gene, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how you doing? How you doing, guys? Hey, Gene. What's up? Um, I was at the game tonight. Uh, I wouldn't put the blame on Cole. Like y'all said, he doesn't give up uh, two-run home runs or three-run home runs. And after, you know, Vladdy was just, he was just hot today. The only thing I would question about the game that I didn't understand was why he didn't let Cole finish the inning, also Chad Green. Because when, when I believe they brought up uh, Jonathan Loiza, I believe, and, and then he gave, he gave up a run. And then Chad Green had came in after Cole, and then he gave up a run. So I don't know why he didn't just let them finish the innings. All right, Gene, thanks for the phone call. Part, I, I would suspect, and Gordon will weigh in, the bullpen has been really good. I mean, bullpen's been excellent. We the were talking. Not been your problem, right? The bullpen had had going into tonight had the best ERA in baseball. They had been giving up less than a run a game. So, I, I'm assuming that Cole had a pitch count number that was probably close to 85. Mm-hmm. Boone felt like, okay, here's a spot guy at third. This could be a critical point in the game here. Let me let me go to my bullpen. Let me go to my weapon. And you know what? It worked. They got yep. out of that jam. He didn't give up another run. So it was obviously the right call that if it, 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 it turned out that way. The bullpen has been excellent. Now, it's not going to be flawless. It's not going to go the entire season without giving up runs. And the defense has got to be better. To me, it comes back to the offense. If the Yankees are going to score four runs a game, 
a lot of times that's not going to be enough. Now, maybe it should be, it should be enough when your ace is on the mound. I, I think that the fact that Coles can only go five and two-thirds and can only throw 85 pitches, that's a little bit of an issue. But to me, overall, if we're through, what, seven games, the offense has been the issue so far, and it's something that a lot of us thought was going to be an issue this year. Yeah, absolutely. Lee's in Manhattan. Hey, Lee, you're next on 98.7. Gentlemen, what's happening? Lee, what's going on, my man? Listen, uh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta set, I gotta set this up for you. Can you imagine? No, Degrom, no Syndergaard. You weren't sure if, <clears throat> uh, sure, you even gonna have starting starting pitcher to start your season, but yet you're coming home. Five and two, when you could conceivably have come home seven and zero, oh. but we're going to take five and two. What a great option for <clears throat> to, to to have as as a manager with Showalter, and particularly with the implementation of of the DH. It's a nice option to have, you know, particularly with the situation with Cano as well as Dominic Smith and Peter Alonso. You know, so to come home five and two when conceivably you should have been seven and oh Scherzer wasn't it wasn't certain that Scherzer was even going to be able to make his first start. So we're gonna we're gonna take that, you know, and and embrace it, you know, mm-hmm. and move on. But what I really wanna ask about to you gentlemen just to get an opinion Jackie Robinson Day is mm-hmm. on Friday, mm-hmm. which is also the Mets' home opener. Yep. And we both, we all know how New York fans can be sometimes forgiving as well as unforgiving. And my question is, do you think that Cano should be put in the lineup on Friday? Because, you know, I think that it might overshadow what Jackie Robinson Day is all about. You know, and a lot of people know, as you all know, as he came, the history behind Robinson Cano being named Robinson Cano, because mm-hmm. he was named after Jackie Robinson, right. and other than the fact that he spells his name with a Z. I just want to get an opinion on how you guys feel about if Walter should even put him in the lineup, because you don't know what kind of reception he may get when they introduce the, uh, the players for the 2022 team. Lee, thanks for thanks taking for my call, call, gentlemen. No problem. Uh, I don't. Th- I think it's not a problem at all. He, it's not like he hasn't produced. <laughs> you know, he's he's hit. So you know, as you said, fans are forgiving as long as he's producing. Gordon, if he puts him in the lineup, I, I don't see a problem with him being in the lineup. I think I think it'll be fine. I think Show Walter yeah. is is a guy who's he's playing who's hot, and and there's nothing wrong with him. So he'll be in the lineup. A and and in addition to it be Jackie Robinson Day, it's also the unveiling of the Tom Seaver Monument. And statue. So uh, there's two things there. So no, I, I don't. I don't think it'll be an issue, Lee. I, I think he'll be fine. And yes, give Buck Showalter a lot of credit. I do. But you know what? You got to give McGill some credit too, because he has stepped in two two appearances for Jacob Degrom, and he's been outstanding. You can't be any better. He hasn't allowed any runs. So he's he along with Showalter. He's been an outstanding addition. And the way he's he's pitched these first two games, there's nothing you can say. Yeah, I, I don't think the, 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 the Robinson Cano thing is going to be an issue at all. Uh, I don't think he's going to hear any boos. I don't think fans, you know, as long as you're producing and you're, you know, you're frustrated maybe when it was when it happened. But I don't even know if it was all that frustrating when it happened because I, th- I think Met fans were like, well, we don't have to pay him next year. We can take that money and spend it other ways. So I don't think the Met fans are, are going to hold a grudge, so I don't think that that's going to be an issue at all. No, and look, 5-2 and two road trip against division teams, and you kind of think it's going to be a – a competitive, maybe not the Nationals, but definitely the Phillies. Mm-hmm. That's what you're looking for, right out of the box. I don't know if I want them to come home. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way they play on the road. Maybe just stay another week. <laughs> and the other thing, too, what makes it so much easier, as Lee mentioned, Gordon, is the DH. Because now you don't have to play them every day. You have to, you have to worry about taking somebody out of the lineup of an everyday person, right? That's really, if, in other words, you don't have to sit Jeff McNeil if he's hot. 
to play Robinson Cano. You just put Robinson Cano to DH. So you have that option. So, yeah, that makes it a little easier on on both Walter and Cano as far as how you feel because, once again, he's producing. So, no, it's, it's, it is a difference to have the DH. There's no question about it because it, it gives him the opportunity, him being Walter, to, you know, rotate, keep the DH open, rotate it, give some guys some days off, and you can, like Lonzo, you know, Lonzo, put him at the DH and put Dom Smith at first base. It's a, it's a nice option to have. Absolutely. It, it probably, I mean, I, I think you'd have to go through all the National League teams, but it'd be kind of hard to envision a, a team that benefits from it more, right? Because you got the yeah. two first basemen, you can play one of them as the DH. Uh, Alonzo's not a great fielder at first, so it allows you to kind of get him a half day, as they say. Mm-hmm. And then with Robinson Cano getting older, yeah, it's another good spot. Absolutely. Yeah. Spirit of conversation tonight, Gordon. Yeah, and just to, you know, for for Robbie's point, like the yes. Braves won the World Series last year. They had Jorge Soler leading off for them in, in playoff games last year or yeah. uh, Eddie Rosario. So it's not exactly It's Ricky a little Anderson. different. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, a little different. Th- those guys are not the, – the, now, look, the Dodgers, they, they've they had um, Mookie Betts lead off. Mm-hmm. I would love to have Mookie Betts. Give me Mookie sure Betts. You <laughs> and you'll put them in lead off. <laughs> right. If the, if the Yankees had Mookie Betts, that would be great. But exactly. there's only one Mookie Betts. There is. And listen, when you think about it, maybe not speed, but as far as contact is concerned, that's why they had DJ leading off previous yeah. years. That's why Absolutely. they've got uh, Donaldson leading off now. That's why Rizzo was leading off. I mean, you know, it's, that's that's sabermetric baseball, my friend. That, yeah. That's how but, they want it. Uh, unfortunately, the Yankees and Brian Cashman, it seems like that he wants to be the Rays a lot more than beat the Rays. Like yeah. he wants to be Tampa yeah. and beat them at their own game rather than being the Yankees. Which yeah. you would per- and, and like if if we were starting a game of Monopoly and I gave you the chance to be the Rays or the Yankees, you would say, you know what? Let me be the Yankees. I get five hundred dollars for passing go as opposed to ten dollars. Right. But uh, I can sell more on the boardwalk because I'm there. Yes. <laughs> At the end of the year, I'm there. I'm there, and and plus, I can keep keep the electricity going with these pitches that I manufacture under the under the stadium. That are six three, six four with with a hundred mile an hour, hundred two mile an hour fastballs and sixty mile an hour curveballs that drop off a table. Yeah, that helps. That, it doesn't hurt you. It doesn't hurt you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to the ballpark. We begin at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. Garrett Cole on the mound for the Yankees, looking to improve on his last start, but. Vlad Guerrero Jr. started a a, a night of terror (laughs) with a home run off Garrett Cole. And Cole talked about facing Vladi Dottie. He's really good. Um, I mean, he was just just so quick to that pitch, and then he did it again later against Lowe. So he had a good night. You think he's fine with that pitch? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You hit your spot and he does it. What, right, what are you going to do? do? What are you going to do? <laughs> that's it. You know, you, he had a great night. As a matter of fact, after the double, Cole had to do uh, very something to respect and show respect to Vladi Dottie. I mean, did you see the night? Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you had a cap, you'd tip it too. I mean, it got better after that too. My goodness. So. Yeah, it was. That, that three is home the runs, definition. That's the definition of a tip-your-cap type performance. It like, was. what are you supposed to do? Here's a guy who's telling you, I hit my spot, I did exactly what I wanted to, and the guy turned it around and hit it for a home run. Yeah, what can you do about that? What can you do? Let's hear from the skipper, Aaron Boone. It'll be interesting to hear him on the Michael K. Show tomorrow at 4 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> 4 o'clock. Make sure you tune in. That's must-listen. That is must-listen. Here's uh, Aaron Boone on an almost game-tying home run from Giancarlo Stanton. I knew he didn't get it, get it. So, but then I thought maybe enough because it's Giancarlo. You know, he doesn't necessarily have to get it. Um, so I was, I was hopeful, but I didn't, I didn't know right away. I wasn't like, yes. Um, I was kind of hoping it would, it would get a little bit. 
Sure fooled us because we thought it was gone. Oh, my God. I thought it was <laughs> – I would have bet money it was 20 rows deep. If FanDuel had odds that I could have got in on, Larry. You'd be broke. <laughs> I would have lost my shirt and my pants. Aaron Boone weighs in on Vlad's three home run extravaganza at the stadium. Um, just a great hitter. You know, I thought the first home run to center was a was a hanger. You know, he took advantage of a slider up, looked like up in the middle of the zone that he hit out. But then after that, it was just, you know, kind of otherworldly hitting. You know, the the ball, the next homer he hit, I, I think was in off the plate if I'm if I'm right. And and then and then the double he hits down the line. You know, with two strikes there, just kind of lays the bat head out there and, and dumps it in the corner. Just a really good job of hitting. And and then, you know, you don't see many right-handers elevate the ball like that off a low two-seam fastball. And, and he, you know, obviously squared that one up. So pretty impressive display by him. And, you know, we got beat by, a, by obviously a great hitter tonight. There's no question about it. And... Uh, I bet you they're still in the clubhouse trying to figure out what we're going to do tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> still trying to figure it out. Still trying. All right. You know what time it is. Answers with Aaron. All right, Gordon. We've got two from the Yankee manager. All right. The first one is on Garrett Cole's first inning struggles. Aaron Boone was asked about his aces first inning struggles. I will say he'll go um, more positive maybe than we think. What a shock there, right? Um, I think that he'll probably say something that it was growth from his his first outing of the season, uh, that he liked what he saw. You know, he had better control. He had better command of his pitches tonight. uh, And he'll probably make some reference to the fact that Vlad got him. He, I always find, like, in situations like this, especially with Cole, that he almost kind of makes it like, well, you know, it was just this one thing. Uh, it really wasn't a, a variety of things. It looks like it was a variety of things, but maybe it was just one pitch or, or one uh, a batter. So that's the way I'll go tonight. I think he'll, he'll kind of be far more positive than most Yankee fans. All right, this is Aaron Boone on Garrett Cole's first inning struggles. I mean, we're two games in, so... You know, I, I think you got to check back on that later. Um, I thought he was actually sharp in the first inning, minus that pitch. You know, he came out. I thought he was really good with Springer. Uh, you know, I thought did a good job of carving up there and getting the strikeout of, of Bo, and then he hung a slider. And, you know, one of the best hitters in the world didn't miss it. So I actually thought t- today compared to opening day, I thought he actually was pretty sharp in the first he was positive as you thought he would be. Yep, yep. He hit, he hit it right. It was just it was just one hanging slider, and you know, the guy just just happened do? to hit it. All right, here's the second one. You're on the roll. This is Aaron Boone on Glaber Torres' DP error. So he, he's just asked about the the yeah, play. Yeah, he was asked about the error. Yeah, he was asked about the error. That's tough because that's a play that's got to be made, but he's always so. I think he'll go the route of that's a play that needs to be made, and Glaber knows that that's a play that needs to be made. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think All that's right. the way he's going to go. Yep. All right, here it is. Aaron Boone on Torres' double play error. Yeah, just, I mean, that's, you know, obviously a tailor-made double play there and just um, just a little double clutch on the exchange and, and uh, you know, one of those things that, that happens and, you know, Obviously, we couldn't get out of the inning at that spot. Oh, he didn't go with Glaber there. I thought he would have given, you know, like, ah, Glaber knows he has to make that play. He said everything but. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was a big part of it for me, though. I would have figured for sure he would have brought in Glaber. That's not a great sign for Glaber. It isn't. No nickname? No. No Glay? No. No name? No name, no. No baby G? No. No, G's, G's Stanton. Yeah. I know, but maybe Baby G for Glaber or no, something? No, no, nothing, no. You got to hit He's going to be Oakland A, Glaber Torres, pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's head out to let's head down to Turnpike to Philadelphia. That's where the Mets hung on for their win today. Here is uh, Buck Showalter breathing a sigh of relief as the Mets shut down Kyle Swarber. I'm glad some, somebody's going to play. That's a good point. Somebody's going to play. Guys like him, um, I, I would not want to be the next – Team trying to get him out. Our guys pitched him really well. You know, 
we were down to, we had one guy left for extra innings, and Edwin, boy, he attacked the strike zone. That was, that was fun to watch. And you get back in the strike zone after giving up the, that ball down the line. That, he's really a bob. Oh, he is. Gordon, I had nightmares from last year about how Swarbrick dominated yeah. the Mets when he was with the Nationals. And, you know, in that ballpark, I thought it could happen again. But you got to take a hat off to the Mets pitching staff. They did a great job of keeping him in the ballpark. Great job. Max Scherzer, five innings, five hits, one run, which was earned, three walks, seven strikeouts, 96 pitches, 66 for strikes. So he had a really good outing, and he says, you know what? People kept asking asking him about his hamstring. It's not an issue. Uh, it wasn't that I was too strong. It's just that I was actually able to – I actually have my leg underneath me now. Um, you know, that I felt good out there. Uh, and so it's just kind of like recalibrating everything back to when you actually feel good. So I kind of had gotten rhythm, you know, not having uh, – pitching, you know, throttled down from last start to now be kind of full go. Uh, you know, that's where, like I said, in the first I kind of had the case that it just misses. Um, wasn't anything wrong. It was just, you know, wasn't completely executing – every pitch where it needed to be. And so, you know, just ran some long counts and, you know, long inning there. So, you know, fortunate enough to be able to walk three in an inning uh, to not have that spiral out of control and give up, you know, a bunch of runs in that situation. Uh, that was, that's really, you know, set the tone and allowed uh, our offense to get going. So, when, you, know, you know, they were able to, our offense did a great job today of attacking Noah, you know, grinding him out and then obviously doing our bullpen. So Pete had a huge day, especially with that three run home run. Uh, you get that type of run support. Uh, allows you to be free and aggressive at their hitters. There's no doubt about that. Pete Alonzo was outstanding today. Three for five, two runs scored, five ribbies, a strikeout. And as Max Scherzer mentioned, the home run, and he's looking forward to Friday's home opener at City Field. I mean, we, we played so extremely well this, this road trip, and I'm just really excited to play, play in front of Mets fans. It's going to be a fun year, and uh, I can't wait to get back to City. I wish they stay on the road a little bit longer, Gordon. But I understand you wanted to bring the bring the show on, bring the show home, and that's uh, that's our trip to the ballpark tonight for Wednesday, the thirteenth of April. It's ESPN New York tonight on ninety eight seven ESPN. For those of you on home, we'll get to you in a second. Gordon, we're going to attempt to find what people love more than the Sopranos. Now, yeah, take us just back to, to last night. Just to kind of uh, recap what this segment is, and we're going to do it every single night. Somebody on the show will have a different contender. And look, if, if we get deep, we might run out of nominations and we might have to turn it over to the audience. But what we have mm-hmm. found in this show's history is that our audience loves the Sopranos and it's impossible to find anything that they love more. So each night, we are going to take a different nomination from somebody on the show. Larry, I think it's your turn tonight. Last mm-hmm. night, Jake put up uh, massages. Massages started out pretty strong. Do you like a massage more than the Sopranos? Well, the voting audience said no. Uh, at last check, 67% said no, they prefer the Sopranos. Mm-hmm. So it went down in flames. It started good, but went south quickly. So mm-hmm. tonight is day number two, and I, I, I'm interested to see just how long this will end up going because it feels like it has the potential to go for a very long time. Uh, I got the feeling that we'll be talking – uh, who's going to have the better record this season, Jets or Giants? By the time we, we get, get something? Answer. Yeah, I, I have a feeling. That's they potential love the Sopranos. For oh, no, people yeah. love, it. love, I mean, love it. Love it. Love, love it. it. I mean, all you need to know, in case you're unaware, we had the best theme song, TV theme song contest, and people picked the Sopranos, which, right. you know, it's a fine theme song. It's not the greatest theme song of all mm-mm. time, though. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. And we were afraid to say that. <laughs> oh, look, you don't, want to, you, want, you don't want to tick off the Soprano people. No, uh-uh, not at all, not at all. All right, Gordon, I'm going to take a shot at it. All right, give it to me. Okay, ready? I'm ready. A pair of golden retriever puppies. Okay, Ooh, I, I got a little worried there, Larry. I wanted to remind you we were on ESC. You know, this is still <laughs> Disney here. <laughs> he started out with a pair. All right. A pair, a pair of pair? golden retriever puppies. Well, I don't know if I can fit all of the golden retriever. How about a pair of? Uh, let me see. Let me see if I can fit it. Golden, gr retriever. puppies. Yeah, I don't have enough characters. Do we want to go with puppies? Just start with puppies. Puppies. Okay. Yeah. I think puppies is a strong one. Mm-hmm. All right. The poll is up. I'll it be is down running shortly. And you can vote. 
It, yes. uh, the, the, the voting public will have their say. Would you love a puppy? A beautiful, loyal puppy? Mm-hmm. Or Tony Soprano and the Sopranos? The choice is yours. All right. At Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Back to the phones we go. Elliot is in West Hempstead. Elliot, you're next on 987. Hey, how we doing, guys? Thanks for taking the call. Um, I was at the Yankee game tonight, and, I, you know, great to be back in the stadium. But, I, you know, I got to wonder, with all these changes to the lineup that Boone keeps making, it could drive you crazy. We got a team full of guys who are used to starting, so he's got a tough road ahead of him all season to figure out who to put in, who to sit, and who to move around. But, you know, as as we said earlier, Glaber Torres has got to make that, that double play. He's got to turn that double play. I'm worried about his hitting. I'm worried about his fielding. I'd almost rather see DJ LeMayu playing second, Donaldson stay at third, Rizzo at first. Can't kind of for Leffa hopefully comes in at shortstop, but Stanton needs to be in that lineup. I'd like to know what you think about Stanton taking the bench tonight. And, you know, granted he only missed that home run by, you know, a couple of feet. And if it was shifted a little bit towards left field, that thing was gone and right, right in my hands where I was sitting. Mm. Uh, and the second thing is, listen, uh, how do we pitch to Vladi with that fourth at bat? I'm sitting there next to my mother, and I say, they got to walk this guy. And the first pitch, it's 50 <laughs> feet over my head. Uh, I appreciate you guys taking the call. I'll uh, wait to hear you. Thank you. All right, Elliot. Thanks for checking in. Uh, I'm, You know me, Larry. I think you're in the same boat. The idea that these guys need all this rest at this point of the season yeah. uh, is a bit ridiculous. I know Stanton has had his health issues, and uh, it's crazy to me. But you have to admit – they picked the right spot for him, and he yeah. was, you know, a couple of steps from tying the game. So uh, I know people are going to go crazy, but the Yankees have – it's actually a good problem to have. They have so many guys, they can't fit them in all the spots. So you, you should have a weapon on the bench every single night where you can, you can call on a guy in a specific spot who is a good hitter, and you should have that, that potential. Yeah, to, you should. change and the game. Yeah, absolutely. And he almost did. He almost uh, did. So now your scenario is maybe you got to put Glaber at the D8 spot, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's at the D8 spot, Gordon, and maybe you put LeMahieu at second tomorrow. This is, I got to be honest, this is one of the most baffling things to me, that this guy has, has regressed to this degree. Now, he hit a home run tonight. Mm-hmm. But it almost seemed and, – and look, maybe it's just a routine play that he has to make. And it wasn't like he was ever a gold-glove-level second right. baseman to begin with. But boy, oh boy, the, the, the way that this guy's career – you know, like at least with Sanchez, we always knew he was never a good defensive catcher. But he, he, he would run into home runs and he would run into, you know, a pitch every once in a while. What, what has happened to Glaber Torres over the last two years and now into this season? It is. Uh, it's kind of mind-boggling. It is. His his defense has affected his offense, and his offense has affected his defense. And now he's back at second base. Yeah, well, he you still would figure. Hey, points. you know what? All right, now now the pressure's off. He doesn't have to be a shortstop. Whatever the issue was, okay, I'm back in my comfort zone. Doesn't feel that way. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. Buddha's in the Bronx. He's next on ninety-eight-seven. Hey, Buddha. <laughs> You know, if Anthony Davis' nickname is Street Clothes, you know, I wonder what Zion Williamson's nickname is going to be when he comes in for the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What's going on, guys? How y'all doing? Man? Unbelievable. We're doing great, Buddha. <laughs> All right, listen. You know, um, in an ideal world, you know, with the Yankees, if Volpe comes up maybe July, sticks, does what he needs to do. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen with center field. You hope Hicks stays healthy and gets a little bit better. But um, you know, you're looking at. Um, I remember last year there was a debate who's the who's the uh, top pitcher. It was between Cole and Degrom. You know, there's some parallels there is that um, you know they both don't get the run support that they need when they pitch. The only problem is Degrom gives up one run and Cole gives up three to six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God, he's not really endearing himself to the fans here at all, man. You know, but um. I'm going I'm to channel my inner, inner, inner Burt Bylevin, you know, okay. and, and I'm and I'm going to ask uh, Gordon about his team down there in Miami. You know, um, you know your owner, <laughs> Ross, <laughs> and the 2028 oh, presidential candidate, Tom Brady, their mm. <laughs> attempted coup <laughs> got nixed. <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you. I, I, of all the things that Stephen Ross has done, 
that one is not even on the list of the stupid thing. I, I would take Tom Brady right now. I, I, I mean, I, that would have been fantastic. I, no, I mean, after all the things that I've had to watch, I would take Tom Brady at 60 years old compared to what I've had to watch here the last 20 years, Buddha. Listen, who wouldn't? The only thing that's um, funny is like the Bill Belichick tweet that comes out has become more interesting and starting to look less like a mistake. <laughs> like An accidental on text on purpose. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But, you know, listen, on the serious side, though, the truth comes out, you know, Arians obviously got pushed out. We had discussed that a thousand times before. Mm-hmm. I couldn't understand how people were talking about he was trying to do tar balls a, a solid. Even Chris yeah. Candy, I love him to death, but that, that made absolutely no sense to me. You know, but, but what really was disturbing to me, man, is like the report about how, how Leftwich went along with Tom Brady about Arians, you know, like putting red lines through the uh, the plays that that they had designed. This and that. Listen, Arians gave you a shot, bro. You understand what I'm saying? Leftwich? Mm-hmm. Like, what yeah. kind of a turncoat is he, man? Like, oh, my God. This is the stuff that, that Brian Ford was just talking about, man. And the only, the only problem is that he got two coaches that's in willing to join his lawsuit that uh, weren't really necessarily good coaches. But I'm looking at Todd Bowles, man, and, you know, he might be the coach of the team, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Tom Brady's sitting there looking like Geppetto. I mean, <laughs> yeah. God bless Todd Bowles, man. I mean, he's coaching the yeah, defense. He better, go, he better do four. He better do fourteen and three this year. <laughs> yeah, he's coaching the defense. That's what he's doing. He's, he's Tom Brady's. Tom Brady's running that side of, of the football oh. like he ran that side of the football last year. Thanks for the Absolutely. phone call. He's he's he, who, and listen. Why wouldn't he? He's got the rings right. to prove it. Why Absolutely. wouldn't he? Look, if you don't want me, I'll go retire again. Really? I mean, if yeah. you're a young signal caller. How can you how can you not tie your 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 you know your hopes up to Tom Brady? He gets you to the Super Bowl, and then even in the off year with your receivers hurt, you still are in that game in the postseason. I mean, and now he comes back, and you're still the play caller. I mean, give me a break. That's a, that's a win for Leftwitz. Yeah, it's a win for him. And I'll tell you this: uh, I don't know if Stephen Ross will still own the team by the time that Tom Brady retires. I mean, he is—I think he's 81 years old, Stephen Ross. So who knows? I mean, I don't know how long Tom's going to play. Which time? But, yeah, <laughs> but if he does—if he does retire after this upcoming season, I think there's a very good possibility that Ross hires him to be the new team president and run the entire mm-hmm. organization. And that I love that move so much that I actually have debated: Do I still want Stephen Ross out as owner? Wow. Yeah, that's how much I like that move. So that means so so Miami will have TB12 on their uniform. I don't – Larry, <laughs> I'll put anything on the uniform. I'll put a lot worse than that on the uniform to, to get a winner. Well, we'll see. It, it, it will be interesting to see if the same magic that he has on the field, will he have that magic off the field? Because, as you know, Gordon, great players are not always great coaches or great front office people. No, they're not. No, they're not. But so you know we'll what? It worked out see. pretty well for Elway. And you know what I mm-hmm. love? He is crazy psycho competitive. He is. Crazy. He is. So I think that that will motivate him. I mean, I, I think about it. He's already the greatest quarterback of all time. Mm-hmm. If he goes on and is as, as, a, 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 as an executive and wins a Super Bowl, I mean, he's like the greatest person ever associated with football. I mean, how many other people can say that outside of John Elway? Yeah. And just think, all the stuff you learned from Belichick, he'll bring. You'll have Spygate in Miami. Oh, you'll Larry, have... I don't care. <laughs> hey, come on, you know me. I do play not care. footballs ca- in Miami. I, whatever it takes. To, I'll, I'll go down there and sit on them and deflate them myself. It doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> Eli's in Washingtonville. Eli, you're next on 98.7. Hey, fellas, how's it going? Uh, yeah, I just want to talk about the Yankees. Listen, man, I think – Cole needs to, like, I don't know, just sneak in the spider tech or something. Because if Cortez and half of the bullpen yesterday was able to shut down the Toronto offense, this guy has two bad starts already, man. So it's kind of it's kind of getting scary a little bit. You know, uh, Cole is supposed to be an ace, and the last three games he's talking about the playoffs against Boston. It hasn't, hasn't panned out of him being an ace, so... Well, I guess, uh, I guess we have to start the season, Eli. Yeah, right. No one's ever come back from two mediocre starts to start the season. 
All right, Eli, thanks for checking in. <laughs> going to gonna have to scrap it. You know what? Call up Cash. Guys, get Cashman on the phone and tell him we're just going to we're just going to wrap it up early. We're just going to we're we're, we're going to just go right to the offseason right now. It's already over. Yeah, it's over. It's over. It's over, over right? It's over. Wow. Look, I understand that ladies and gentlemen, the age of a lockdown starter that gives up one run and on two hits over five or six innings is not happening consistently. Now, look, I get that he's been disappointing. I get that some of you are still angry with him over how he performed against Boston. I even understand that he has not consistently been the same cold that he was in Houston. But to be honest with you, let's give him an opportunity. Wait till he gets stretched out. Wait till the weather gets a little warmer and, and pitchers get the early part of the season. Pitchers are not that good overall. They're not. They come from Florida and they come up here in the cold weather. It's a little different. Can you give him at least until May? Can, can, no, can, can we give him until May? Clearly not. You know, and once I, again, look, I get the disappointment, but give him, give him, a, give him another month. I think that this is mostly the result of last year. And, and look, last year he was, he was terrible. Uh, in, in the postseason, in the playoff game, he was absolutely terrible. He didn't give the Yankees a chance to win. These two games that he's pitched, people are making out like he's given up eight runs and the Yankees could never come back from either of these games. Yeah, They had opportunities to win both of these games despite how he pitched. And I will just say, if you look at his career, I, I haven't taken a look lately, but I'm almost positive his worst month of the season is generally April. April is when he um, does not have his, his best numbers. Um, at least that was the case the year that he finished second in the Cy Young. So, I don't know. I still kind of think that there might be time to turn it around. Uh, yeah, I think I think we got a maybe, maybe. hundred. He's got at least what twenty more starts. <laughs> you, you hope, right? I mean, we're talking about you know Degrom is so much better than Cole. Well, Degrom's not pitching any games right now. No, Mm-mm. that that would be disaster for all the talk about how disastrous these two starts have been from Cole. Yeah. Disaster would be if he's not available. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.